Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Live. Hopefully we're good. Uh, Check-wise. Hi, everyone. Uh, we are in the maintenance and mindfulness group, and we are talking sleep with a sleep expert, Julia Glowinski. I'll have her introduce you, herself to you in a second, because I know some of you know exactly who she is, because you've been in one of our most current groups, but I know there's also people in this group who were with us, our first group, and this is 17 groups later. Um, so I want to welcome Julia. She's here to talk about the time change that we have coming up. Um, we're talking about that time change when you're traveling. We're talking about the change of seasons and how your sleep factors in. And plus, I made a list of some of the questions that you guys want me to ask her. So welcome, Julia. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I always love chatting with you. I'm so excited to be here with this new group. You are our first official guest in the group. You're our first official guest. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, because I do know that there are some some new members who really uh, have not had an opportunity to get to know you. So how about you introduce uh, yourself? And I will try to find us so I can uh, answer any questions that people might have. Sure. So my name is Julia Glowinski. I'm a registered social worker. And I'm also a certified sleep consultant, um, and I do sleep counseling and consulting for all ages, all the way from infants to adults, as well as corporate events. And I think that something that I'm really, really passionate about is working with individuals and families and trying to find how we can apply healthy sleep habits and make it your own and make it work for your lifestyle and your world because the black and white rules don't work for everyone. Um, (laughs) And I love everything sleep. And I've actually listened to you. I've implemented some of your tips. You're the reason that I now work in my basement and set my office up down here. I used to do it in my room and, and I swore that it was not affecting me. Uh, and instantly when I, you know, switched my environment up, I, I felt a huge difference. I've also implemented a variety of other tips. We're going to talk about your orbiting and your tips for that and, you know, getting the best sleep you possibly can. But the first thing I want to talk about um, is the time change coming up uh, on the weekend. I think we're falling back. So is that fall back, spring ahead? So yes. we, we lose an hour of American, sleep. It still confuses me, even though I talk about this all day, every day, whether I always get nervous or falling back, spring forward. But yes, so time change is coming up. Yeah. And this is generally something that affects younger little people and babies, toddlers, children, more than it affects us. It still can affect us and take about a week to get used to. But the good news is that the time change in March actually affects us more. Oh, yes. When we're, when we're gaining sleep, wait, it shifts our sleep wake cycle. Yeah. So it shifts everything. So even though we are, you know, it, it works in our favor. Yes. We're at, there's more um, heart problems, more motor vehicle accidents, um, more mood disorders that are reported. So this one actually suits us better. 
Okay. Yeah. Because I find like, it's only an hour, like, and it really does mess people up. Like I, you know what I mean? Like I, I would like to not believe that an hour is going to mess me up, but it really does tend to mess you up. So is there anything that we need to do? So we're falling back. So we're getting that extra hour. Should we stay up an extra hour later? Like, so I'm thinking like, I'm heading to bed at like nine o'clock these days. Does this mean that I need to start going to bed at eight? Like what? <laughs> What does that mean? So what you actually could do is want to shift later a little bit. So okay. you want to shift 15 to 20 minutes if you want to, like if you want to be proactive about it, you can shift 15 to 20 minutes for the first like three days beforehand okay. so that your body adjusts. The ah. most important thing is to shift in the morning. We never want to start shifting at night. So we're shifting later in the morning, meaning we can stay in bed a little bit later. Okay. And then we also want to make sure that we're getting a lot of um, daylight. So we're getting outside, we're getting fresh air, which helps us fall into our new circadian rhythm, our new cycle. Um, and we also want to, of course, pay, pay a lot of attention to healthy sleep habits, because this is when we really need it. There are times when we can be a little bit um, softer, let's say, and how much we're actually following those black and white rules. Yeah. And this is one of the times where we really want to stick to it because a transition is coming up. Okay, so what you talked about that, because I've been reading more and more and more, obviously, we talk a lot about your circadian rhythm, and you know, when it gets dark, everybody producing melatonin, and more and more about talking about getting out and getting that daylight first thing in the morning, and how that really kind of resets your circadian rhythm. In fact, I think they said, like, if you go three days in a row, getting outside and getting that first light, it really kind of can kind of regulate your, your circadian rhythm, which is your body's kind of internal time clock, right? So, so it would be a benefit then for the the next few days or leading up to that time change and a couple days after is to like wake up and get outside as early as possible with that kind of sunrise or like as soon after or sort of when the light is you know kind of more full and then that your eyes kind of adjust to that and is this something we can do with artificial light or no like is flipping the lights on the yeah. going outside like how can we how can we how can we capitalize on that so the best thing you can do is get fresh air fresh air sunlight when there is sun or just natural daylight is very important. If you can't, then there's all sorts of contraptions and lights that you can get for indoors. There's even glasses you can put on that have like a light above it so that you're exposed to light first thing in the morning. People swear by them. They use them like walking into work. Yeah. So that is something that you can do as well. But Gina, it's the same thing. It's your program as well, because we need to eat in the morning as well in order to set our sleep-wake cycle, in order to set our circadian rhythm. It's fresh air, it's sunlight, and it's food. So those so three things making your body going to help us. Still stimulating your digestion. Exactly. Ah, I love it. Now I'm just, I have a question. Like why is it when it's rainy and dark and we're feeling extra tired? Is that because of the lack of light? Like, what is that about? It could be. I mean, so many of us experience headaches and everything from the rain as well. So that kind of plays into it. If we're not feeling well, it affects our mood as well. Um, but uh, I'm not 100% sure about the, the gloominess, yeah. except it's really depressing. So it would kind of make sense <laughs> because it all plays into our sleep. <laughs> but it could be the sunlight for sure. And those are the days where we want to have lots of light inside. Yeah. Okay. So to recap on this, um, we just want to make sure that we're maybe uh, getting going to bed a little bit later for a couple of days leading up and trying to get up and get that, so that, that's that, that sunrise, the fresh air and eat that breakfast. Should we be doing that a little bit earlier to help adjust to that? 
we want to go a little bit later. So later. everything we want to push back later. Later. Okay. Everything is later. Go to bed a little bit later. later. Um, wake exactly. up a little bit later. Eat a little bit later. All of that and help their body adjust. Okay. Got it. Let's talk about. Yes. Um, if you want. The, sorry. The other thing is you can also just like, just take it as it comes. And if you don't want to adjust, if you don't have trouble sleeping, you don't need to adjust. I'm not yeah. planning on adjusting. I don't adjust for my kids. It depends how sensitive you are to a change. Huh. <laughs> it's totally it's just, me mind as well. <laughs> just to complicate things a little bit. So you don't have to, it's not like it's healthier to adjust slowly. It's just, if you're nervous about it, if your body is very sensitive to transitions and change and sleep times, then yeah, then I would just do it a few days before. Okay. I love that. I love that. If you're sensitive to it, these are a few tips that you can do. Otherwise you might not even notice it and be totally fine with it. Okay. I love that. Um, let's talk about sleep. Like, let's talk about, um, the time change and why that affects us. Like, so I went to Europe, um, which I think I, I can't remember the time difference. I think it's seven hours difference. And, and the first few days I like got there, I felt like great. Right? And all of a sudden, like day three, I'm like wide awake. Why does that? And I think a big part of jet lag is dehydration because you know, when you're flying, it's sucking the water out of you that can really affect your energy and make you tired and kind of throw off your bowel movements and all of that but why does the time change when we travel seem to really affect us like what is that all about is there anything that we can do to better adjust to that well everything's thrown off so when it's daytime it could be night when it's night it could be day yeah. we're hungry when we should be sleeping when we're trying to sleep we you know every when we want to sleep when it's like sleep time back home the city's like bustling and it's loud noises. So it's very, very confusing. Um, something that people like to do, like, I think, you know, I'm not like the biggest fan of melatonin if you don't actually need melatonin, yeah. but some people do really like melatonin for travel, which is like a good use for it if you choose to do that. Yeah. Um, but the most important thing that we can do when we're traveling to adjust to the new time is right away, jump into when it's daytime there, we want to have lights on, even if we're you know, in the hotel room resting or whatever we're doing, lights on. Um, we don't want to be eating when we should be sleeping there. So we want to use light and food again to our advantage and get into the swing of things as quickly as possible. Okay, great. You know, that's interesting because when we flew um, to Greece, they were like, and, 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 and France, they gave us like a dinner at like 12 o'clock, one o'clock at night on the plane. I'm like, this is craziness. Like I'm not tired and they're like yeah but you're eating on their schedule so that when you get there you're in the, i guess that's part of your digestive system and your circadian rhythm and by eating the dinner in the middle of the night when you would be sleeping when it's better for when you get there because your body's already adjusting to that time change so very similar i guess to us adjusting to our hour time change, get that fresh air, um, work function in the daylight, uh, make sure you are maybe eating and stimulate that digestive system at the time that's local to that time that you're actually functioning in. And then what about when we get back? I guess, I guess do the opposite, eh? Yeah, when we get back, it's the exact opposite or it's the same type of thing. We're just focusing on when we're eating, when we're in a dark room, when we're in light space. It usually takes about an hour to sorry a day to adjust for each hour so if it's a yeah. seven hour time difference it takes about a week um that's what they say at okay the so that time, is a thing that's a thing it is a thing and at the same time they also say that even a time change an hour it can take our body a week to adjust okay so it's not they just a lot of things that a lot of the research is contradictory um but it does i guess what the most important thing is that it does take a few days to adjust of course it takes a while it okay. depends how big the time difference is. Um, 
And again, you can get there gradually if you'd like. At the same time, I find when you're traveling, you can put so much time into deciding when you're going to travel so that um, the time difference doesn't affect you as much or I'll take a red eye so I can sleep. And then there's delays and then the hotel takes forever to check into. So I don't really, um, when, it, when clients are traveling and, and kind of want to have a session before and how to plan, especially with little kids or how it's going to work, I don't even try and work out how the, how we're going to sleep on the plane or not or anything, because it's just going to get messed up and cause so much more stress. So the truth is just go enjoy. And when you're there, you know, if you're moving around a lot during the day and you're trying to be in the dark at night, you will adjust. Okay. And, and more than that, what I love about this, because I think when people come back from traveling, although travel is so great for weight loss and also gr so great equally for ma maintaining your weight, because that's what people are focused on in this group, it is normal for your weight to go be up when you get back. And that can be from dehydration, obviously, you know, needing to get, you know, hydrated again, but also being tired, your body being a state of stress. And this is why also it's just occurring to me now that it could take people even longer for their weight to come back down after they have been traveling because it takes your body so much longer just to recover in terms of sleep patterns. And I think something it's a great resonating conversation right now because I think so many people when they come back expect their weight to drop right back down. If it doesn't, like they're nervous because right now people are dealing with like, you know, am I going to be able to maintain this or not? And a lot of people are really testing the waters when it comes to having lost the weight and, and you know, now trying to live a normal life after weight loss and, and dealing with those fluctuations on the scale. So, you know, you saying that every, you know, I, I obviously I heard that i wasn't sure if it was a real thing for every hour of time change it takes a whole day for you to recover that this is the, i think the message is here for a lot of us when we're traveling to really cut ourselves some slack um when we've been in different time chains to really allow our body to just calm down from the changes from the from that adjustment i think that's so huge love that love that sure. okay i want to talk and about also it's the same with oh sorry no go ahead i was just saying that when we're tired of course we don't feel as full during the day we're eating more we're eating as many snacks as we can to try and keep ourselves awake so yes. it all plays into each other that when we are jet lagged we're probably going to be hungrier we're probably yes. going to snack more and just grab whatever we can um, yeah. and that also plays into it so we have to kind of be patient with ourselves It'll looking for back. that pick me up right that's why doing back on track is great because you know that three or four o'clock time where you're really suffering and tired that's where you're having those nuts and seeds keeping your digestive system stimulated working on getting that water in, keeping your foods a little choices a little you know lighter and, and really being more consistent can really help to to you know, to what you're saying in terms of getting back on track after, after, after you have been away. Okay. love this conversation. Let's talk about seasonal change because when you and I were talking yesterday about what we were going to talk about today, my mind was just like, like, it makes so much sense when you say it out loud that your sleep patterns change season to season, your body has different needs. So talk about this time of year. What's the difference in our sleep patterns? What does our body need? Should we go into bed earlier or what should we be doing? How, how can we, how can we get a better sleep? Okay, so first of all, going to bed earlier is not always a good thing. It's a good thing if you're someone like me and you're more of a night person, you have to kind of really force yourselves to get to bed because you love this like sleep procrastination. Um, you know, then yes, you have to force yourself to go to bed earlier to get more sleep. However, going that forcing yourself to go to sleep earlier sometimes means that you're not actually at the point where you're tired, you're mm. gonna get into bed, you're gonna stay in bed longer awake and that can lead to more stress around sleep and can even lead to insomnia. So we don't necessarily, going to bed earlier isn't necessarily what we want to do all the time. But around this time of year, 
usually, especially with like the, if you're in Ontario around, it's usually quite depressing here with the weather and, yeah. and everything like that. So in general, more people feel their mood is low. When our mood is low, we have more trouble sleeping. When we have more trouble, when we have more trouble sleeping, our mood is low. There's a lot of stress around the holidays. Um, holiday parties throw us off. More alcohol consumption. So it really is a time of year that's difficult for sleep. And I think you and I mentioned yesterday um, that there is some research to suggest that in countries where there's such a difference in temperature, like there is here in Canada what happens is we're less likely potentially to go out and be more active, go for walks, go to the gym. We want to just sit on our couch and kind of hibernate. And that also plays in why in countries where there's such a discrepancy in temperatures during different seasons, why we usually have more trouble sleeping overall. Yeah, because you have that kind of like when you wake up, you you want to use your energy so you're so that you are tired you know, come the end of the day. So if you're not being as active, you don't have as many hours in your day to be active, you know, you're not going to be able to be as tired. So then you're not going to fall asleep as quickly. And you're not, do you, do you need more sleep or less <laughs> sleep than in the winter time? Like you shouldn't really change how much sleep you need. I mean, if your body's telling you that you're more tired and you feel like you need sleep, that's fine. But in general, you don't have to aim to change how much sleep you need. Yeah. Okay. All right. So even though I feel like I need to go to bed at four o'clock, I don't need to go to bed <laughs> unless I'm actually tired, uh, tired. Should we be changing when we're eating? Because, you know, obviously, as you know, with the, with the weight loss program, we are suggesting that people eat as early after dark as possible. This becomes problematic when it's dark at four o'clock, obviously in the afternoon. But what about when people are working to, to maintain their weight? Is that, is that, should people be shifting when they're eating? Maybe not when they're sleeping, but should they be shifting when they're eating? I wouldn't shift it too much because if we shift earlier, but we're still wanting to naturally go to bed later and we have things to do and, yeah. you know, our usual routines and finishing up work or whatever it is, um, we're more likely to just get hungry before bed. Okay. And then it might be more difficult to sleep and then we're going to snack before bed. So I probably wouldn't shift it too much. Okay. Okay. I love the basics. I do have some questions from people here. Um, when it comes yes. to those Fitbits and those sleep aids and your phone things, like how accurate are those? Like, I, you know, if I'm not getting that deep sleep and that REM sleep, my hours of sleep, my quality of sleep, that's going to stress me out. Should I, should I be worrying? Like if I'm waking up feeling rested, but my Fitbit is telling me like I'm getting a crappy sleep. Are they, are they accurate? Is it worth if you have bad sleep to invest in one of those to help get better sleep? Or is it a matter of like, you can wear it all you want, but if you're not doing the things to actually get better sleep, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like what, what's your thought on, the, on those Fitbits and, and um, things that measure your sleep and your quality of sleep? Yeah, so there's a ton of research and a lot of studies that are studying each different type of um, device. And overall, the major finding is that they are accurate in when you're awake and when you're sleeping. Okay. But less accurate, most of them are less accurate of if like what type of stage of sleep you're in. Mm, okay. So if you're actually concerned about your sleep, then I would have a full on sleep study done by a medical professional, by a sleep specialist. Um, to do a polysomnogram um, and actually look at what's happening in your sleep. And that's how you know. Um, you could use it to try and track when you're awake and asleep. The thing with those is that we become so fixated on our sleep that it causes so much stress and we try to control our sleep, which a lot of us can't do, especially the cycles. 
And then it becomes something that's so stressful that we end up panicking about our sleep. And of course, the number one thing that leads to sleep loss is stress. Yes. Now, can, can I ask you a question? Um, when it comes to going and getting like, okay. I guess, go to uh, sleep and sleep anxiety. So sometimes it can really, yeah. Sorry, we have a bit of a we have a bit of I think uh, an internet issue, but we're gonna we're gonna keep pushing through it here. Um, let me just ask about your when you go to your sleep when you see like a sleep doctor, right? Like first of all, there's clinics you can go to and get someone to like I don't know you put what electrodes on you and they measure your sleep and you sleep there and they 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 help you figure it out. Um, I guess this would be someone would go to someone like you and this might be something that you would suggest to them. Yeah, so sometimes a physician may suggest that it's important to go have a sleep study. Sometimes if I think that there's something more going on besides um, sleep hygiene and sleep behavior, and there's more to it than our psychology behind sleep, then I would suggest that they go and get a sleep study and see what's happening when they're asleep. What uh, are they getting deep sleep? Do they have sleep fragmentation? Are they waking up throughout the night? Um, do they have a breathing issue in their sleep? All mm -hmm. of these things really affect our our sleep, even if we may not know it, we think we're getting seven or eight hours of sleep when in fact we could be waking up hundreds of times overnight without realizing. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So how would you know when it's just, I'm blowing it off as hormones, or I'm blowing it off as stress, or I'm blowing it out off as like not getting great sleep because I'm snacking at night? Like when do you know it's actually an issue where you would need to go see somebody? Um, I think if you, if someone's been telling you that you're gasping or snoring in your sleep, then it's important to look at it. If you feel tired in the day, even though you're getting the recommended hours that you need overnight. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that those, like, those are the things if you're feeling tired, um, or if you're having trouble going to sleep or staying asleep and you've tried all of these other things. And yeah. you still can't seem to have a good night stretch. That's when I would go and look into it. What's with this four o'clock? We've had a, we had a few of our members talk about this four o'clock, four thirty time. I know when it comes to when you're losing weight and your body's detoxing, you can wake up around three o'clock, four o'clock. But normally you're waking up, you're going to the bathroom, you can get back to sleep. What is this thing about waking up at four thirty, four o'clock, four thirty in the morning, and then not being able to get back to sleep? What is happening there? Is that I know it's probably a loaded question. <laughs> no, no, it's actually very common. I see this every day. Um, and I see with all ages. So as we age naturally starting in our thirties to our sixties, we lose 2% of deep sleep every decade. Okay. So it becomes harder and harder for us to fall asleep. Now yeah. with all ages, we have multiple sleep, um, sleep cycles throughout the night. And in between each sleep cycle, we have a partial arousal or partial awakening where we come out of our sleep a little bit and go back down. Okay. The first part of the night, we're cycling through all the stages, but we have more deep sleep. 
So if, if you were to hear a bang or a noise or something, you may not actually wake up to it. Yeah. If it's around that three, four, 5 a.m. time, that is when we have more REM sleep, less deep sleep. That's more of our dream sleep. Okay. We're much more likely to wake up and be, it's, and if we hear some sort of noise or just in general, it's harder for us to fall asleep after that partial arousal. So most of the partial arousals, let's say you're going like this and you're able to put yourself back to sleep. 4.30, sometimes you're here. There's not a lot of sleep pressure because of the time of night it is. And then we're more likely just to come out of our sleep and not be able to go back down. So what should we do? Should we get out of bed? Should we lie there and stress about it? Because this this happens to me too, where, you know, especially on times when I want to sleep in and I'm wide awake. And you know, but I know I'm thinking a lot of that is like all the, I start thinking about all the things I got to do. And then I do have to get up at a certain time and I fall back to sleep. And I, do you know what I mean? Like, do I even have time to fall back to sleep? Then I'm putting right. my- pressure on myself then my brain is awake and I start thinking about things and and I'm just lying there like so what should we do so I get that so you're more sensitive to wake up at that point and you don't have that load like that need to go to sleep like you did when you first went to sleep obviously because you've gotten a pretty decent night's sleep so then what do we do do we get up do we meditate like and we also panic you're like oh my god it's 4 30 I'm supposed to sleep for two more hours the first thing to tell yourself is this cognitive restructuring piece which is so important um these negative sleep creep in are the thing for our insomnia we want to tell ourselves nothing's going to happen today except i might be in a bit of a worse mood i might be tired but everything's fine i can sleep tomorrow sometimes this happens trying to calm yourself down by giving yourself these positive messages taking away from the oh my gosh everything's going wrong i'm not going to sleep so we're trying to reduce that stress But in the moment, what we can actually do is if we stay in bed and we're lying in bed for two hours, let's say our body's getting used to being in our bed awake and we need to have our bed associated with sleep. So we don't want to stare at the clock or anything, but this is what a 30 rule or something called the 2020 rule. If you are in your bed and you feel that it's been about 20 to 30 minutes of you being awake. We have to force ourselves. It sounds the opposite of what we want to do. We have to force ourselves to get up, go to a different room with like not bright lights, dim lights if possible, do something relaxing for 20 to 30 minutes. And only after that time, when we're feeling drowsy, then we're going to come back and try and fall asleep again. And you may have to do that a few times, but the idea is we need to make sure that when we're in our bed, we're sleeping. Okay. And then what if you wake up at 4.30 and you don't feel that drowsy? What do I just get on my Peloton bike and find other Livy losers and hook up and do a ride at like <laughs> No, no, we don't want to do that because then we're, if we decide, and a lot of people do at five in the morning, you know what, screw this. I'm getting up, I'm turning on the lights and I'm just going to start my day and have an early morning. We're sending a message to our brain. Hey, 5am is daytime. We're giving ourselves jet lag. Okay. 5am must be daytime. Maybe I'm in a new time zone. Our brain gets very confused. Our body gets very confused. And then it's more likely to cycle. So the truth is we want to keep it calm as dark as possible. Maybe we read a book. We try and get back into bed. If not, um, we try again the next day. And that's the same reason that as soon as we wake up in the morning and our alarm goes off, we don't want to snooze for too long or lie in bed for too long. We need to get up. Our bed is for sleeping. 
Yeah, that was one of the things where I was like, when I first started, you know, having these conversations with you, like that one, like go to bed early. And you're like, well, that's not necessarily the fix. Go to bed early because if you're not tired, you're lying there. And then the other one, I always thought, like, if you're awake, you got to like breathe and like try to, you know, get yourself back to sleep. And you're like, get your ass out of bed, walk around, read a book, watch, like do something and then come back. And that association to your right. life being about sleep, I thought that was horseshit straight up. I really did. <laughs> it's not yeah. it's not it's not it's it's so cute but it's so counterintuitive you it know is. It, it is counterintuitive it is. so it, yeah it takes it's, it's the same well. reason why it's the same reason why we don't want your office in your room your room yeah. is for sleep your room yeah. is not for stress the same with our bed our bed is for sleep our bed is not for lying in bed hours thinking what if this happens what if that happens the next day so if yeah. we're stressed we get out of there yeah. We try and calm down. We go back and we may have to do it a few times, but within a few days, we'll start picking up. Our bodies will start picking up on that. And it's about those associations, right? Those associations you're attaching to things into your bed, into your bedroom and your sleep. Okay, I love that. Uh, I'm just cognizant of time. Um, let's talk, we're going to share a post of yours that you shared in our weight loss group on orbiting. And can you just talk a little bit about that and what that's all about? And that really helps kind of help you maximize your sleep and trying to get better sleep. So can you, uh, can you share, can you share with sure. us um, what your orbiting is all about? Sure. So it's finding that a ton of clients were feeling that, Yes, sometimes it's hard to fall asleep. It's hard to um, get back to sleep in the night. But even when I'm getting into my room, I can feel I'm worked up. I'm not ready. I'm stressed out. So I came up with this idea of orbit, which is taking a few different strategies and putting it under this one orbit. And yeah. what we want to do, the first thing, the O is for organizing our thoughts. Yeah. If we're going and getting into the day without separating the day from the night, we haven't processed mm. something that's going to start stressing us out at bedtime. What we want to do is either journal, talk it out with someone, um, process it, think about it, you know, get it out so that we've already processed so that when we get into bed, our mind isn't starting to race um, and process it then. I love this. The separating day from night in terms of your thoughts, right? Like don't yeah. something that's nagging at you during the day. You don't want to bring into, I do this all the time. And then Tony and I end up discussing things 11 o'clock at night. I'm talking to him. It's just like, would you go to bed? I can't, that can wait till tomorrow. Like what are all even like call people on my team. We got to do this one with that. Like, even I know as I'm calling them, I'm like, what this can wait. Like, you know, it's like, on your mind. It's when you're busy, especially when you're busy, it's the first time you have that you get into bed and you have all of these thoughts coming up. So then I would suggest having a piece of paper or a notebook and a pen next to your bed, write it down. Exactly. Can't forget someone's birthday. Can't forget tomorrow. Have to renew passport, which I need to do. Um, those types of things. We're writing it down. It's out of my mind. Yeah, I basically because um, I have a lot of great ideas um, when I'm in bed and I think about stuff I'm like, oh, this would be a great idea. And then I stress about being able to remember that idea in the morning. So that's where I learned to like, I get a notepad behind my bed and I roll over and I'm like, I, you know, it can be like, I can even wake up in the middle of the night. Some of my best ideas, like the whole Facebook support group came about in the middle of the night when I woke up. I'm like, that's what I got to do start a Facebook support group. And so then I write that, write it down. And it makes all the difference because otherwise I sit there and stress and think, okay, I'm not going to remember this in the morning. I have a whole conversation about this craziness. <laughs> it's true. And you know, they say, and I'm the same way. And they say people who are more creative and use that creative side yeah. that's you know we think of things more in the night okay and that's when I also come up with all my sleep programs or whatever I'm thinking yes. about 
And yeah. I get so excited at night and I was like, it's so, it doesn't make sense because I'm talking about how I need to sleep. And that's what I'm thinking of how to teach people to sleep. And I'm up being like, I need to do this. I need to do that. It's very, very frustrating. And that's when a lot of the time we're most creative. Yes, so we need to that makes sense. That's the one I, I always say to Toya, like, I'll, I'll just sleep on it. I'll have a great idea. No doubt I'll wake up tonight and have a brilliant idea of how to manage this and happens all the time. So there's a rhyme and a reason to that. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The next the R is for resetting. So if we're in our room and it's just stressful, it's something's not working before we even have to practice 30, 30 and, and know that we're going to have to do it, just get out of your bedroom, go and, um, walk around your house, do whatever you need to do, organize, tidy up a little bit, just for a few minutes, just get out of there, take a few breaths, sit on the couch and then come back. So we're resetting. We're starting is, over. The is this the same as like, um, is this the same as like your bedtime routine or is this a little different than that? usually like orbit, I would say you could do orbit. Well, you wouldn't like go into your room and leave your room as part of your bedtime routine, okay. but these things, the rest of them, you can absolutely put in part of your bedtime routine every night as part of your bedtime routine. You can do breath work. You can read, um, you can write like journal. So these are great things to do as part of your routine. The most important thing for sleep, I think is to have a set of rituals and routines before bed so that okay. we're cueing ourselves for sleep. So is orbiting sort of the pre-bedtime and then there's the bedtime routine and then there's like sleep is where does the orbiting fall into that? So I would say you have your bedtime routine and then you get into bed and you use 30, 30 if you need to. Okay. That's that the orbit. If you don't fall asleep in 30 minutes and you get up, you do something for 30 minutes. Yes. Okay. Orbit comes into play. Like some of orbit, like we're going to talk about like breath work and all of that type of thing can be absolutely used as part of your routine. Orbit is more like an SOS. Oh, okay. it's, oh gosh, I'm feeling stressed out. I I'm so stressed out from the day or I'm frustrated with my partner or with my kids, or I can't believe I didn't get this done today. I need a second before I get into bed to just like chill out. That's when we're orbiting. Got it. So that's different than washing the face and doing the whole thing. And got it, got it, got it, got it. This is an yes. SOS girl. <laughs> SOS. That's what it is. That's what it is. And then the B is for breathing. So breathing, 100%, it's great to do breath work as part of your bedtime routine. Yeah. This is more the SOS, yes. whether you've done your routine or not. So when you're on the couch, when you're in a different space, or even when you get back into bed, we can do some breath work, whatever feels good, even like a five minute meditation. If you prefer a guided meditation on an yeah. app yeah, or just taking some deep breaths for a couple of minutes, however you like to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, then, that's a big one. I, I, um, I'm always like, whenever I'm in my head, I'm just like, just breathe it out. Like breathe in deep, exhale deep. Like, and I, I always just, then I just kind of relax and fall asleep. And I don't know why I don't do it every night. There's sometimes I'm just in my head and I lie there awake and I don't even like, I, it's such a, it's such a effective technique, just breathing. And I don't do it. What's my deal. I guess it's just the habit of doing it. Like a hundred percent. It's the habit of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like and all the the habit habit and make change with weight loss you know, your sleep, getting good sleep, getting good sleep is like its own goal. It's such a big part of weight loss because when you're looking to lose weight, you need sleep. But I guess just in general and just, you know, just living your best life, you want to get that the deep, that REM sleep. So your body continue to repair and rebuild. You just live your best life and feel your best. 
sleep is like a goal and it's a goal in its own. Would you say that? Like, is, is sleep, like I got crappy sleep. I got to do all the things that I need to do as consistently as possible in order to kind of get that sleep. Then once I got the good sleep, is that going to stick around or do you know what I mean? It should, but there may be bouts of difficulty, like, especially when there's times of stress, mm, yeah. um, COVID, um, transitions with jobs, stress with family, um, grief, all of these things affect our sleep. So it's kind of like mental health yeah. or working out or eating healthy. You can be on this great path and something's going to throw you for a loop, whether it's a vacation, whether it's a, you know, an illness, like something's going to throw you for a loop. And then we just have to get back on it and pick ourselves up again and use the strategies. It's same with like anxiety for those of us with, with anxiety, you're not going to cure it. You're not going to, you, you learn coping skills. You have a toolbox so that when it comes back up and creeps back in, we know how to get back on track. It's the same with maintenance. When maintaining your weight, you're, you're doing the things that you need to do. You're being mindful about where you're at and what you're dealing with and all of that. So, you know, when you go on vacation, you're adjusting to that. When the time change, adjusting to that. Change of season, stress, stress. And then you come like, back and you get it. back on track. Yeah, but we don't look at sleep as being a separate entity of thing that we need to be mindful about, you know, when it's so important. And I think you probably agree. It's because we live such stressful lives that we do actually have to put the effort into, you know, and because we're so stressed, we don't have the time to put ourselves first because we're so stressed. We don't have time to exercise because we're so stressed. We don't take time to breathe. And I guess do the things that we need to do. So, and, okay. Amazing. And most of us grew up, most of us grew up, like you'll sleep when you're dead. Go, go, go. Um, yes. I pulled an all nighter. Wow. You're a really hard worker. What a great employee pulled an yes. all nighter stayed late. These things now we know cause way more sick days, way more illness, way more stress, which leads to more days off. We know that these things aren't good for us anymore, but we were brought up in that time yeah. where I feel like that's what we were told. Like very, sleep is just, it's very parallel to eating and issues and associations and stuff around to that. So super cool. Okay. Sorry. So breathing. So we got organized, reset, breathe. I is for, I can sleep positive affirmations. So oh. all of these negative sleep thoughts, which is what really cycles the insomnia is I can sleep. I'm going to fall asleep. I always fall asleep. Even if I only get a couple hours, um, I'm not going to be awake all night, even though I feel like I am, I can just lie there. So all of these statements that we're telling ourselves sounds ridiculous, but again, the negative sleep thoughts are the, what really, really drives insomnia. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. I get that. I can sleep. It's just, <sighs> yeah. And I sometimes tell clients like, don't try to sleep, just focus on relaxing your body. You're yeah. not going to, you may not relax your, your mind, but let's just focus on making sure that our body is relaxed. So okay. just lie there listening to a podcast. Like if we really can't sleep or a sleep story, whatever it is, yeah. just focus on not sleeping. Don't try. You're not going to sleep. Right. We're just like, just really trying to figure out how we can reduce our stress and take the pressure off. Yeah. And then the T is easy. The T is then we're going to try again. Then we're going oh. to get back into bed, read, maybe do our, you know, the rest of our bedtime routine or start our bedtime routine from there. Love it. So yeah. So not forcing yourself just to lie there and think about how you're not going to sleep. <laughs> no, no. And so many of us try, like I had a bad yeah, night, I so know. I'm going to eight in the morning. I mean, eight at night, even though I usually go to bed at 11 to catch up. If you can sleep at eight instead, beautiful. I don't have an issue with it, but yeah. for a lot of people who are stressed about sleep, getting into bed at eight is just a recipe for disaster. 
Okay. I, you know, I love this whole conversation. Every time I talk to you, I have these aha moments, you know, you know what I mean? Um, you know, sleep is an issue for me. I've made, I've followed some, your easy, simple tips. It has made a world of difference. It's something I'm still working on because there are times where we work on it better than others. Um, of course, I, I so appreciate um, you being here with us. I know, I know you're going to be back uh, and we're going to continue the conversation. Um, I did want to have, because I thought it was timely, the conversation about that time change. And this is where people are traveling again and such. And, and I thought that the whole thing about the change in seasons is so cool. And of course, you shared with us your orbiting. So we are actually going to do a post, share a post on that talks more about this. But I know people are going to ask, uh, where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they reach out and get in touch with you? Sure. So you can reach at any time at glowsleep.ca, G-L-O-W sleep.ca. Okay. Um, and on Instagram at glowsleepservices. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find me there and reach out anytime. Um, and as I'm in, if you're in Ontario, then my work is covered. Uh, if you have insurance for social work as well. Sweet. Love it. Thank you so much. I know we, I know we've gone past our time, but (laughs) thank you for taking the time. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. I'll give you an update next time we chat on how I'm doing with my sleep. (laughs) I got a few. Please do. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We'll see you again. Bye. Thanks everyone. Take care. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com